It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, SGA is an absolute superstar. He has a chance on Wednesday to make a statement against Luka Doncic. Plus, Josh Giddy's scoring profile could be overhauled this year. We'll talk about how on the Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles, follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Bird Dogs. We're going to dive into the Thunder really stealing the stage at the FIBA World Cup Tournament and SGA having a statement game against Luca on Wednesday, plus the Josh Giddy improvement that we saw from the 20 year old again today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA or enter your promo code at locked on NBA for a free water bottle with your purchase. So you will not want to wait to take your Bird Dogs offer today because. Once you get them, you're not going to want to take them off. We promise you that. You can also text the show at 405-963-3686 because we have some great stuff for you over there. You always have a direct line in front of the line access to whenever we ask for your questions, whenever we ask for your hot takes. already have a few from the text line for tomorrow's show, plus the rumors that we're hearing and everything to be alerted whenever we go live. All that good stuff is over there on subtext, so make sure you do that as well. But let's start with SGA. SGA is a superstar. And I think that all of the questions should be put to bed right now. If you are worrying that last year was a fluke or that last year maybe he caught some teams off guard or that last year uh, it's easy to do because of where the Thunder were at, put that all to bed right now. In a must-win game, a win-or-go-home contest against Spain, for a team that had plenty of expectations. They are the second favorites to win the cup. Team Canada is. And in a in a World Cup run that had a ton of hype around it for Team Canada, where you have the likes of Tim Bomtens saying that SGA is better than Luka Doncic and, and going on a, a massive uh, diatribe on that, about five different platforms that he did to hype up SGA, hype up Team Canada, hype up this event. Team Canada gets upset, you know, to, to start the weekend, bookends the weekend with a must-win game over Spain, gets down 12 points entering the final quarter, and SGA goes on a massive run. 
So for everyone who thought maybe last year was a fluke because there was no expectations or, you know, the, the, the thunder were slept on or people didn't care or didn't get up for that game or, or, or didn't zone in against the thunder SGA continues to produce at this level at every stage. He played a team high 36 minutes was absolutely gassed at the end of that game, but he still managed to take over the fourth quarter, put up 30 points, dish out seven assists, four rebounds, three steals against just one turnover, only one turnover all night and a plus one in that contest. He shot 58% from the floor, maintaining that efficiency as the stakes get higher and higher in these games that he plays goes two for three from three is 14 for 16 at the free throw line and even made a technical foul free throw, which, you know, if you watch the thunder, the technical foul free throws are not guaranteed uh, for these thunder players. And the ending sequence of this game, so remember, Spain goes on this massive run. It looks as though Spain has has broken the backs of Canada and that they put the exclamation point on a on a you know 12-0 run with Usman Garuba throwing down a, an, an alley-oop from in transition uh, to in the quarter. And at the end of this game, it was SGA who dished out the assist to Dylan Brooks. That three tied the contest. SGA had as long of a mid-range two as you could possibly have in step-back form. It made Carmelo Anthony proud how deep it was without being a three. Nailed it. That takes the lead for Team Canada. Very next play, SGA gets it done defensively. Again, playing 36 minutes and still performing on both ends. Gets it done defensively with a steal. That forces Spain to foul him. Goes to the free throw line, makes them both. Team Canada up four. Makes the second pair of free throws that, that he draws because you know Spain, of course, had to foul him. 86 to 82. Spain nails a three. It's now a one-point game. And yet again, ice in his veins, SGA, nails both free throws. That's your ball game. You know, Spain is down three at that point, and it's over. He absolutely controlled the game. Controlled it with scoring, controlled it with defense, controlled it with playmaking. He's gotten a lot better as a playmaker throughout last season, and now especially this summer, he's taken a leap as a playmaker, and that might be the leap that we see from him uh, this year in the NBA because every year he's he's brought back after a summer development a new skill set, a new um area in which he dominates that could be it this year is his playmaking ability but SGA looked like an absolute star and he is in my opinion without question a top 10 player in the NBA and you're seeing why right here every question you put in front of SGA he answers it and he passes every test with flying colors again this is a high stakes game this is probably the biggest game of his career. You go back to the playoff run with the Clippers. He's a rookie. Uh, you know, they were overmatched by Golden State. Still battled in that contest, you know, in that series. Still did really well for the Clippers. Uh, the bubble playoff series was weird. Um, you know, you losing seven to the Rockets. You know, it, it didn't really matter. This play-in run was, you know, to that point, his most, you know, pressurized game because he's the guy on a postseason team trying to get these a winner go home contest, but then you go to FIBA again, you're playing with the second best team in the tournament, you know, who, who has the second best odds to win the whole thing. Your back's against the wall. Got called out by your coach after the upsetting loss. Things are falling apart around you. Kelly Olenek is still jacking up horrific shots and you could not have designed a worse close to the third quarter than that. Like you just, if you, tried to map out 
a roadmap of the very worst things that could happen to Team Canada. I think that third quarter, that was it right there. And you still were able to lead the way to a 12-point comeback in one quarter, which is shortened quarters in FIBA, and get the win. That's very impressive. That gives you a glimpse into the future of the Thunder. The Thunder have one of those guys that in games like this, you're never out of it. In games like this, you can't say die. In, in series, in, 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 in must-win games, you have a player who can will you to wins. You have a player who can be one of the clutchest players in basketball. You have a player who can get you over the hump, and he did that for Team Canada. And he got them to the knockout round. And now he has the opportunity to make a statement to not only perform on the, you know, on, on the big world stage in the FIBA tournament, but it's also about who he's playing against in this quarterfinal matchup. It's about taking on Luka Doncic. It's about taking on Slovenia. And entering a game where right or wrong, the only thing that's going to matter in this game to the, in the eyes of most NBA fans is going to be Shea versus Luka. And so even for the 16-win improvement, even for the All-NBA season, even for the All-Star season, even for the MVP, uh, fifth-place MVP voting, even for all of that, he still you know, can legitimize that in the eyes of many NBA fans with this upcoming NBA season, playing more nationally televised games, but also with this game against Team Canada and against Luka Doncic. I'm with Team Canada against Luka Doncic. We'll talk about that coming up. We're going to talk about Josh Giddy and the scoring impact that he can have in the NBA after he capped off his World Cup run. Plus, the Thunder have a little bit of a Davis Bertans dilemma that we're going to dive into right here on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. But first, I want to say right now, about our good friends over at Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com right now. That's birddogs.com right now to get started. Because whenever you do, you're going to go there, birddice.com slash locked on. And whenever you do, bada bing, bada boom, you're going to browse their endless supply of fantastic apparel. They have these stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit uh, all the way slim through your thigh and just give you that still sculpted look while also still bringing you breathability, still bringing you uh, flexibility because they're versatile. They're very versatile. The, the, the bird dog shorts are positionless. You can walk into a business meeting and you can wear them in said meeting and look professional and look well put together and look like you belong. But you can walk out of that business meeting and go play pickleball, go play basketball, go go do something fun outside in the summer uh, and still feel in place and feel like you can have all the you know mobility that you need to accomplish that. You can also wear them on a night out anywhere you want to. You can wear these shorts and they will look like you belong. So check them out today by going to birddogs.com slash locked in MBA. That is birddogs.com slash locked in MBA. And whenever you do, you get a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. So check it out today at birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. 
Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Thunder on YouTube. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And hit us up at 405-963-3686. You can text the show directly. You can get texts from me about the Thunder, about the show, everything that you need. So go over there as well and on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. So here we are talking about the FIBA World Cup. And SGA can make a statement against Luka Doncic. He really can. Uh, SGA can make a statement in this game Wednesday against Slovenia. Yes, I know that the SGA has a better collection of talent on his team, but this will still be a great showcase for SGA to play against Luka Doncic. And there were already whispers, as we mentioned, coming into this tournament about SGA and his place in the NBA, his 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 standing in the NBA in terms of how good is he, top X player in the NBA. And there were some whispers about SGA versus Luka, mainly again by Tim Bomtemps. So this is a this is a big game for Tim. This is a big game for SGA. But SGA is a legitimate superstar. He's a top 10 player in this league, in my opinion. He finished fifth in the MVP voting last year. And Wednesday, September 6th, that's 715 Central, 815 Eastern on ESPN Plus. This will offer NBA fans a chance to see him uh, and kind of appreciate what he's done as an NBA player to this point. Of course, he's doing it in FIBA in this instance. But, you know, 815, this is like, this is one of the better times that he's played, of course, uh, in FIBA. It, you know, it's, it's still early, but East Coast fans can certainly uh, tune in if they want to. 715 is not too bad for Central Time Zone fans uh, to tune in. And I think that, you know, even the highlights afterward and, and the pub that this will get just across social media, on YouTube, on, on Twitter, on, on every format that you're on, you'll be seeing the NBA and NBA creators and NBA just people talking about those two dueling it out on Wednesday. So it's a chance to make a huge statement and a huge arrival uh, to the scene because, of course, he's already arrived to Thunder fans, but I think that nationally NBA fans still don't really know what to do with Shea. Like whenever someone does hype up Shea and say yeah, he's a top 10 player, top whatever player, there's always comments that are like, what are you talking about, man? SJ's not, you know, X good, you know, whatever number that, that the person put on him. And I think that a lot of that comes with, you know, the visibility of SGA to this point, it's been limited because of Thunder have had limited national TV games uh, that that's upticked in this upcoming season. The Thunder will be better this upcoming season. And now you have a chance to play Luca on a big stage in a winner go home game. And it's one thing about sports fans. They love win or go home games. Thunder fans should love what Josh Giddy's doing. Josh Giddy has finished his FIBA world cup run he makes his FIBA debut at 20 years old, uh, and, and the Boomers had a overall disappointing run as a team. Uh, the, the team, Australia, was projected to go further, at least to make the knockout round stages. They were projected to uh, get deeper, as this was, I would say, their best collection of talents that they've had as a squad. And you all can correct me, of course, if I'm wrong. I don't want to disrespect any other previous Boomer squad, but I think that this was the best squad that they had. Uh, and they got knocked out prior to the quarterfinals, which is not great. But individually, Josh Giddy looked really good. 
in that last game against Georgia, of course, Georgia was overmatched. Like it, the stats don't matter, but they were 19 points, six assists, five rebounds. He was the best player on the floor. But again, Georgia was overmatched, so we can uh, admit that. And it was a rather mean, meaningless game because neither team could advance with a win. Like they just was over for them uh, with the way that the tournament set up. Uh, but a few things stood out about Josh Giddy and his run in FIBA. So in that game against Georgia, he pulled out this spinning Dirk one-legged fade, which got everyone's attention. It was a great play. But when you zone in on that and kind of zero in on that, for as much talk as there has been about Josh Giddy and his three-point shooting, and of course, that has to continue to improve. That has to continue to climb. What I think could really overhaul Josh Giddy as a scorer and thus as an offensive weapon is everything inside the arc. So he's been a, a pretty good mid-range shooter for all intents and purposes. You know, 44% his rookie year, 43% last year. At the rim, he's still been below average. You know, 57% rookie year, 62% last year. If he can become an, an overwhelmingly good mid-range shooter and, and use that floater, use the fadeaway, um, use use kind of that mid-range look that he's pulled off a bit in FIBA, if he can become really good at the mid-range and punish smaller matchups as he did in FIBA and as he did at the end of the NBA season. Punish as a 6'8 guard, smaller matchups, taking them to the rim hard uh, and and bumping them off their spots and finishing at the rim. If he can do those two things, it overhauls who he is as a player because with more defensive attention, with more defensive rotation, with defenses gearing up to stop him inside the arc, then that opens up so many passing lanes for an active Thunder offense that loves to cut and loves to move and loves to get in position to receive uh, beneficial passes. You have an elite playmaker already. Josh Giddy is simply an elite playmaker, and there's no if, ands, or buts about it. So if you can get defenses to care more about his scoring prowess, then that makes his life so much easier as a passer, and it continues to add to the idea that this is going to be a pick-your-poison offense. You can't necessarily overcommit and overhelp even their superstars in SGA because it leaves open really, really talented players like J-Dub, like Chet, and like Josh Giddy. if he can continue to progress. He progressed at the rim last year, went from 57% to 62%. He progressed from three last year, went from 27% to 33%. Uh, and then at the at the mid-range, he, he maintained. You know, he was 44%. As a rookie, down to forty three percent as a sophomore. That in, in the in the scheme of of, of averages, that's pretty just maintained uh, for him. If he can continue to improve in all those areas, then specifically mid range and rim, I think that that's more important than becoming uh, a better three point shooter necessarily. Now, now look, if he can become a forty percent three point shooter, do it. But at the end of the day, even his ceiling as a three point shooter might just be a league average one and might just be a guy who only takes threes in the flow of an offense or only takes threes on catch and shoot looks. And that is still very limiting because of the flow of a game. How often will those opportunities occur? Whereas if you can dominate sort of at your own will at the rim and at the mid range with your passing prowess, it can really help. You can really help Josh Giddy turn into a bigger threat offensively because he's an elite inbounder an elite playmaker, an elite passer. If you can add that rim finishing to be an elite level as a 6'8 guy who's 20 years old and still growing into his body and still developing, which I think he can, and he can become a really good mid-range shooter, it changes his scoring profile, it changes his portfolio, and it changes the outlook of Josh Giddey's career. So as much as it's to be made by his three-point shooting, I think that those other areas are more significant. So whenever you include the exhibition slate, Josh Giddey finishes by averaging 16 points, 5.8 assists, 5.6 rebounds, 
uh, 0.4 stocks per game. The big kicker, he shot 50, not, not 50. I wish he shot 50, but he shot 5.6 free throw attempts per game, which is a massive climb from his 1.7 NBA average per game. It's a 5.6 average in FIBA of free throw attempts, which brings your scoring plateau to a higher level. You see it all the time in the NBA. When you, when you get an uptick in scoring average, what usually complements it and what usually you know, helps it happen is getting to the line more. Josh Giddy, of course, has to, has to, has to get to the line more in his NBA career. He shot 48% from the floor, only 13% from three. I don't necessarily want to wave the white flag and say he's he's regressed from three. Of course, last year he shot 33% from three in the NBA. I think that in FIBA, he was not getting the three-point looks that you want him taking. And that's more so what led to him um, missing more in FIBA. He shot uh, 68% at the line. He shot 70% at the rim, which is which is great growth. Again, only 62% last year at the rim, up to 70. Really good job there. Uh, he was a 0.8 uh, points per possession in the pick and roll ball handler. He was a 1.67 points per possession in transition and a 1.2 points per possession on cuts. Really good job from him. Josh Giddy really showed a lot uh, throughout this FIBA World Cup run. Coming up, let's talk Davis Bertans, who, who there's a little bit of uh, a dilemma here for the Thunder. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Folks, you can always text the show 405-963-3686. That's 405-963-3686. Find us on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles and comment on YouTube, Lockdown Thunder on YouTube, because we want to hear from you. Leave us right now your hottest take that you have about the Thunder or the NBA or life in general. And I will react and grade all of them on the next Lockdown Thunder podcast tomorrow. So make sure that you do just that. Now, let's talk Davis Bertans. He has made some clutch threes for Latvia. He has been a, a floor-spacing threat, shooting deep, 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 deep threes. In five FIBA World Cup games, he's been Davis Bertans. He's, he's scored 12 points per game, uh, one assist per game, five rebounds, one stock per game, 93% at the charity stripe, 37% at the three-point line, 39% from the floor, 36% on catch-and-shoot looks, 30% on spot-up attempts. And Latvia will play Germany in the qualifiers of the knockout round on Wednesday at 3.30, at 3.30 a.m. on ESPN+. The bottom line is, I'll speak more on this in the coming days as we start to preview this upcoming season. His role with the Thunder is so complicated, and I think that this will only become a heightened topic as we inch closer and closer to the season. Can he help the Thunder? Absolutely. I, I, I think Dallas Bertans can really help OKC with his floor spacing, with his three-point shooting. And, and it would have to be, though, in a 10 to 12-minute-a-night role uh, and kind of play 
with the bench unit, kind of play against matchups where you need more offensive power, where you need more shooting, where you need force spacing for the secondary group. He can help. There's some problems, though. Number one, first and foremost, can you get him to buy into the role that you're going to need him to? The role on OKC is going to be 10-ish minutes when you do play, but many a stretch, many a stretch, where you're DMPCD, 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 just you're not playing. You're just not playing. Can you get Dallas Bertans to buy into that role? I don't know if you can or can't, but that's going to be the first hurdle. The second thing is he can't really become a fixture of the rotation. Even if he's really good to help the Thunder win games, he cannot become a fixture of the rotation because you have to keep him out of games. You you cannot play him in more than 75% of games. He has to play less than 75% of games. And at the end of the day, even if he's helping the Thunder win, this is a business. And for the sake of the Thunder, you know, having a cleaner cap sheet next year and everything else, you are going to want to play him in less than 75% of games. Because if you do, you can then waive him for $5 million. No harm, no foul. It's an easy drop in the bucket for an NBA team. If you play him in more than that, you owe him $16 million, which would be second on the team. So, actually be third on the team because Lou Dort will have 16.5 next year. But still, he's second on the team right now with $17 million. Uh, $16 million is owed to him next year. If you play him in more than 75% of games, play him in less, you can cut him for $5 million. And that's the most important part. Even if he's helping you swing some games, that is not more important than saving that money for a team who's going to need to manage the cap very, very well. And so then that that hurts you in terms of trying to find a groove for him, trying to find a place in rotation for him. And of course, much less playing him all season. It also hurts maybe a little bit on the trade market where what team is willing to play him in more than 75% of games to pay him $16 million next year. I don't think that there is one out there. And so it becomes a dilemma of, of what do you do with Davis Bertans and what is he comfortable with and what does he want to do? What do you want to do? Um, and, and when to use those games, you know, against, against that 75% mark and Davis Bertans can, can make things a bit messy if he wants to, he can also just accept his role. And I think that if he accepts that role, you know, it might not come to fruition this season because of that uh, percentage game played marker, but it could come into fruition next summer, where if he plays that role and accepts, hey, I'm going to be here, I'm going to be engaged on the bench, I'm going to I'm going to help these young guys any way that I possibly can. I'm going to, whenever I get my opportunity, splash in a couple threes, uh, provide floor spacing, and provide a winning impact. And I'm not going to pout. I'm not going to do anything, uh, you know, to cause a distraction. Then that can lead him to getting a lucrative contract in the summer, as far as role players go. Of course, he's not going to make up the 16 million dollars per year. That he's, that he's got on this deal. But if he can show that he's willing to play a 10-minute-a-roll night and even take some DNPs along the way, if he can show he's willing to do that, his three-point shooting is what every NBA team needs. You can never have enough three-point shooters. You, can, you just never can. And so, especially from that big man spot, especially to help your secondary unit, if he's comfortable coming off the bench and comfortable playing a reduced role, it can really help his NBA career, in my opinion. So it's just a matter of what the Thunder do because I'm not sure if he wants to adapt to that role or not. Uh, I, I don't think that you, of course, can cut him uh, on that salary that he's on right now because you don't own the $17 million this year and uh, the 16 next year, uh, probably. I don't think that you just want to get rid of that money right now just in terms of like waving him. Although I'm not really sure how that would work. I'd have to ask around about if you've cut him, he's not going to play in 75% of games this year. Obviously, he played in zero. So maybe you can just eat the eat the money right now like you would anyway. Um, 
and move them along. I'm not really sure that would work. I have to ask around about that. But nonetheless, uh, it's a big number to cut either way. $17 million outright to not play for you. And then is there a team out there that would that would take a trade for him whenever you're not going to want to play him in those in those big games anyway, and then you just kind of move the problem around? However, another dilemma, another option is, this is why you stockpile a billion second-round picks. It's to attach to guys like Bortans who, who, you, who have massive contracts that you want to pay a rebuilding team to take um, to help you out and, and, and to be on the opposite end of where you were the past couple of year, uh, years. So it's going to be interesting, and it's going to be uh, one of the underlying stories of this season, no matter whenever it gets solved, You know, before training camp, after training camp, before the deadline, after the deadline in the summer, whenever it gets solved, it'll be there uh, for the Thunder. But I can't wait to see how it unfolds because I think it's two-toned. I, I think that Davis Bertans can truly help the Thunder. I think that there's also, though, it's a much messier path if you have him help the Thunder than if you just go about your way limiting and, and even maybe even not playing him at all this season. But we don't know which way that they land on that yet, and that's still to be decided. We'll keep you updated on Lockdown Thunder Whenever we do get that answer, again, you can text the show 405-963-3686. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.